Hi, it's Wednesday, and that means a new episode of Humans of SDU, even though we still need to record online. Today's story will be heavier than those before, but all the more powerful. Strength is more than just a word, about more than just the touch. It's standing tall and fighting bad when times get rough. These words were written by Lina, a master's student at SDU who will talk about her autoimmune issues, but also about her creativity which shows through her books. Your host today will be me, Mishka, and Anna. Hi, Lina. Thank you for joining us. Hey, you guys. And thank you for having me. Oh, we know that you follow uh, AIP diet. Can you maybe tell us more about it? Yes. What does it, what does it include? Why do you follow it? Well, uh, let's uh, start with... the what AIP means. Uh, It's the autoimmune protocol. So it's a diet that people who suffer from different autoimmune and chronic illnesses um, can follow and then they can, well, most of them can heal in a more holistic way. So you actually don't have to take medication and stuff like that because a lot of the medication that often I use for autoimmunities, uh, yeah, they're really bad and they actually often um, stop your immune system because autoimmune illnesses is because your own immune system uh, starts to attack your own body. So the medication you can get is to kind of stop that. But obviously, if you lower your own immune system, you're also like more vulnerable to other stuff. Definitely. So how does how does this help the other approach? Well, it's with autoimmunity illnesses, it often starts um, because you have a, what they call leaky gut. Um, and by healing your intestines, uh, you can you can stop the process of it uh, keep attacking your body and you can actually put your illness in remission. And we do that by cutting different foods from our diet. Um, For example, the first thing that we cut is gluten because um, scientifically it's proven that gluten uh, makes the holes in your intestines that makes the two huge uh, food particles actually move into your bloodstream. And that's what creates the illness. Um, And also we cut out dairy because a lot of people actually has issues with dairy uh and then we cut out caffeine um normal sugar uh nightshades and corn products uh so corn will be like rice and barley and uh rye as well um and then we cut out beans and legumes, uh, and we cut out nuts, seeds, and eggs. I think that's the entire list. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's that's drastic, a lot of things. It's really drastic diet for a lot of people. Um, but I think the issue often is that people, they hear about it and, and they're like, well, what can you eat? Uh, and they feel it's a bit too drastic. But the thing that a normal, healthy person doesn't really understand is the fact that when you get to the point well, when your illness is something you feel every day, then you're at the point where you will 
actually do anything just to feel the slightest bit better. So it's not exactly that drastic for us, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what exactly is the issues that you are struggling with? Why do you decide to follow such a diet? Um, well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, first, I have some diagnoses that are considered semi-autoimmune uh, illnesses, but not quite in the, um, in the spectrum. And that's asthma that I've, I've been born with. Um, and then IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. Um, but for a really long time, uh, after I have seen six different doctors over the last 15 years, and everyone more or less telling me, well, we can't do anything. You just have to learn to live with it. Um, I decided to oh, respect. Wow. Yeah, it, it's it's actually what a lot of us hear. Um, and the, the standard for people struggling with these kind of autoimmune issues is that you go through at least five doctors over maybe 10 years before you even get diagnosed. So we're... So where do you turn for information, if not your doctor? I started because I started looking into IBS specifically. Um, and then I came across um, a holistic doctor. Well, she's actually both a holistic and a traditional doctor. So she understands both sides of it. Um, and her name is Amy Myers. And I read up on it and she... Uh, she has had all these articles and uh, a book and everything she wrote about IBS was that often it's just kind of um, diagnosed you get because the, the doctors either don't want to test you anymore or they don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, and in a lot of cases, like 80% IBS is often what they would call uh, SIBO, which is um, small, uh, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, which means we, all, we always have all these bacteria in our system. And actually, they say we have more bacteria in our entire body than we have cells in our body. And that's normal, but you can get bad bacteria in the wrong places and that can cause a whole lot of issues. Uh, one of the main thing about SIBO um, that, yeah, that happens to all that has, yeah, that gets the uh, diagnosis IBS is that you start being intolerant of a lot of foods. Like I reached the point where I literally couldn't tell you one single thing that I could actually eat without a reaction to it. That's that's really harsh. But it seems like you've done a lot of research on this. Uh, so how do you come up with with the ingredients or, or the food that you can actually eat or that doesn't cause you to flare up? Um. Well, lately, you know, I, I've I've had some issues. Uh. So I'm actually. I've gotten worse again, not as bad as I have been. Um, but a lot of it is it's being open and being curious. Um, for example, obviously I do all the research online and I read what all the um, 
AIP cooks and stuff, what they use. Um, and then I like to go to all the ethnic stores and look for strange things. I don't know what is buying them. And when I get home, figuring out how the fuck I'm going to cook them. <laughs> so it, it, it helps a lot being curious in the kitchen, definitely. And trying, trying things and not being afraid of trying new things. Because obviously the diet can be restrictive, um, especially if you keep thinking about the, the traditional foods that we have in our uh, Western diet. But you, when you are doing the list of things you actually can't eat, you mentioned many stuff that I and I believe many people enjoy. Like, I don't know, you said nuts, chocolate, coffee. How do you treat yourself? What is the thing you really, I don't know, enjoy eating? Um, well, I've always kind of been a foodie. I like food in general. <laughs> so um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, there's a lot of things that I have learned to bake with, for example. So now I um, I remade uh, pumpkin pie, for example. Uh, Michaela has been the victim of trying it. <laughs> I can attest to its quality. But yeah, um, we have different flowers like flowers that's made on root vegetables instead of corn products so for example we have cassava flour and we have sweet potato flour and ah what do i have in my cup in it um i have green banana flour which is also plantains and coconut we Obviously, people always think, well, you can't have nuts when you say co coconut, but we can actually have coconut. So coconut flour is um, a staple in our diet. So we can bake stuff and we can, at, at some point, we can start introducing some sweets, but we can't use refined sugar. So instead, we will be, use like maple syrup and uh, coconut flour, sugar. Um, And also just sweetening stuff with dates and banana and really sweet fruits and stuff like that. So it's not like I can't have sweets and treats. Uh, you just gotta get a different mindset, I suppose. Mishka, how was the cake? How was the pie? <laughs> It was so yummy. I even took a bit home. <laughs> I mean, with all the restrictions, it's, it's really great that you can come up with with these amazing dishes. Uh, I know I like them, but have you ever had somebody comment on it negatively? Like they miss something that would create, create the taste that they're used to? How do people usually react to your cooking? Um, well, my friends are actually really open and they're curious when it comes to my cooking and what I use. So in that regard, it's, it hasn't really been an issue. Uh, my husband looks at me a bit weirdly sometimes and I've kind of learned not to tell him this is like this um for example there's this danish dish that, dish that we eat uh during christmas uh, uh rice pudding and i was like what if i what if i cook rice pudding with coconut milk instead because i was trying to reintroduce rice at that point so we do reintroduce stuff when we are healthy enough And he was like, um, yeah, we can try that. But will you please stop calling it rice pudding? Because in his mind, it doesn't taste of coconut. 
and obviously you can't have used coconut milk without the co coconut taste. So at home, it's it's more about kind of rephrasing uh, the recipes. So he know it's he knows it's with a dish in mind, but it's not that dish because he'll be like, if it doesn't taste exactly what he's used to, uh, he will kind of bitch, bitch me out. So. <laughs> But it definitely requires a lot of creativity. Where do you come up with all the new ideas for cooking? I've always loved to cook. Uh, I grew up with a mother who cooked everything from scratch. So I'm used to that kind of learning to try different things. Um, and then before, uh, long before I even went on AIP, I went gluten-free for a lot of years. And I was also a vegetarian um and i just I've, i've always come up with weird recipes or as supposed to some it would be weird so I, i'm not sure where it comes from I, i'm the person who opens up a recipe book and kind of looks through it and think well there's some things i could use here and then i put it away and start cooking something completely different but maybe with some of the flavors um I'm not, I've never been good at following any recipe. It's always been, what can I do with what I have? And yeah, what happens if I mix this? Oh, it's just, I think it's a curiosity. I'm just kind of born with. But with this approach, there is a certain risk that it's just not going to work out. Uh, have you have you had a, a complete miss with one of your dishes? This is going to sound really egocentrical, but um, I don't think so. It's rare that obviously sometimes the baking is difficult because we can't use eggs and eggs is kind of a standard thing to use when you bake. Um, it makes it like get bigger and stuff like that um, and kind of sticks the flour together. Um, so that's kind of, that's been a learning curve. And for example, my muffin sometimes comes out a little too uh, mushy. I suppose the word is. I think that's the worst thing. Nothing unedible yet. I mean, for example, I know I'm not that creative and I would be quite tired of coming up with new and new recipes. So I would use someone to do that recipes for me, which I know this you do as well. You have a blog where you post your recipes. Is that so? Yeah, it is. And so did you start it with the idea to share it with others who have the similar problems or how did you end up doing that blog? Uh, yeah, it was actually to help others because obviously I've been in this situation for a lot of years um, without any help and having to do everything on my own, trying to figure out what was wrong in my body. Um, and it's it's a very scary place to be and it's a very lonely place to be. Uh, very frustrating um, so I wanted kind of help and yeah give help to those who was in the situation I was before I found AIP and also at the start of it um, because obviously all change is scary um, but yeah I, I don't want others to be in the situation that I was if I can help it We also know that you wrote several books, five, is that so? Yeah, I think it's five for now. <laughs> that's all I managed to find, so I hope that's all. <laughs> 
Do you use the inspiration from your diet into your books as well? Um, not the ones that I've published yet. Uh, but actually, before I started AIP, I w had started writing a cook uh, cookbook that were gluten free. Um, and I've kind of been playing with the idea of making uh, a full book of AIP recipes now that I've changed um, to something a bit more strict. Um, but no, the other books are more um, a testimony to everything else I've been through. <laughs> um, for example, my poetry collections I started, uh, four of my books are poetry collections. Um, And I started writing poetry from a really young age uh, because of depression um, and stuff like that. Um, and that also kind of became um, the idea of helping others in that situation by maybe giving strength back to them, knowing they were not alone. So it kind of has a similar goal. <laughs> Um, and then I wrote a, um, a romance novel. I was about to forget what it was called. Um, that is also built on some issues that I've been through. How does it How does it feel to have something so personal out? Don't you feel too vulnerable, maybe? Um, I think I've reached the point where people can't really um, get me on the stuff I've been through. Like, I've, I've dealt with it all um, in a lot of ways. But, yeah, to start with, it was it was really scary. And, this, well, still, it's always scary having to click the publish button. But it's more something to do with, will people like my work? And do they? Uh, in general, I actually have most good reviews. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I made some rookie-ish, uh, well, rookie mistakes when I published my romance um, novel that got it some bad reviews. Uh, I, I used a bad uh, editor who actually didn't do a whole lot and I paid a lot of money for that. Um, so I ended up actually publishing a book that was far from enough edited. Um, and readers can be really, really mean sometimes. <laughs> Um, so that one has some bad reviews and those hurt really bad. Um, but I've always also learned that just not read, yeah, just don't read them because even though your editing is perfect, there will always be people who hate your work and there will always be people who love it. It's just how it is. You can't please everyone. So yeah, that one has some, uh, the Poetry Collection actually has more or less only four and five stars out of five. So that's pretty decent. Well, congratulations. Um, have you ever actually given a, an auto, autograph to somebody? Like into a physical book? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been at a few book uh, signing events as an author uh, in Liverpool. So, yeah, I've... Uh, I've signed a bunch of my own books. <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> oh, that feels, oh, the first signing was really, really strange. It was really odd having people walk up to your table and kind of fangirl over you 
obviously it's not to the the huge extent um but still it was really odd how old were you when you published your first book uh i believe i was 28 yeah yeah where do you keep getting the inspiration especially for the poetry that's very unique my poetry has kind of always had two sides to it uh, mostly it's everything i go through everything i i meet both emotionally but also opinion wise if i come across a situation that has a effect on me um and then there's the other part where i'm i'm an empath so i can literally sometimes sit down and write a poetry for someone else and hit their emotion and their thoughts spot on so i have some of those in my books as well but mainly it's um it's stuff i felt on my own body like my own emotions and opinions and stuff like that it's a, it's a bit strange to me that when you're writing about something so personal you're not actually writing in your own mother tongue so why do you prefer english for your books i've heard this so many times <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's very odd. It started actually my um. I used to sing um, and my one of my guitar players were from Nashville, and he asked me one day like, um, why is it you always write in English, even like my song text and stuff like that, and and I told him I I don't know, but I often think in English um even when i have to have a conversation with someone in danish i would think it through in english and i've never been able to actually explain it um it was more like it was my language of creativity i suppose but yeah i've i've i can remember one and i have actually have one single poem uh in one of my books that's in danish and i also translated it in the book to english um but that was a song i wrote specifically for my husband uh for well for our wedding day that i sang for him instead of a speech Aww. but yeah that was that was for him uh but other than that i'm not able to write in danish it yeah i, I don't know why <laughs> and was it always your dream to write a book no <laughs> um i've always been really creative but it's kind of my um my different formats have kind of changed over the years um it used to be that i wanted to be a cartoon animator i used to draw and i used to draw both cartoons and uh portraits as well um and then i started singing and my my drawing kind of suffered from that um and i started studying music with the idea that i would make a career out of it um that's not entirely dead i still kind of wish i could go back and i still wanna yeah start getting regular lessons to get my voice back to what it used to be uh but yeah it came pretty late um i think i first considered writing a book when i was about 25 years old and you managed three years later so good job <laughs> yeah. 
a lot of years after it actually took a author friend of mine to kick my butt but yeah and it was exactly as you say it, it uh, you feel like it would be scary to put your emotions out there something that's so personal and i think that's what helped me back to start with and what was the journey to the very first book of yours how did you actually get it published how can yeah how can you succeed such a thing um well first and i think that was actually around tw when i was 25 uh i sent my manuscript in a physical form uh to a publishing firm in denmark um and got a letter back that they wouldn't even read through it because it was not in danish that kind of kicked me in the stomach and i think that also is the reason why it took several years before i actually got into it again and then i started book blocking uh, so i became a book reviewer and blocked about the books and stuff like that and got friends uh in the author community and and through that i kind of learned that i could publish my own work i didn't have to go through an actual uh, publishing firm so all my books are published through uh, amazon so i have all the rights i have full rights to all of my books but it also means a whole lot of work but yeah they're they're all self-published we noticed that your books carry a different name than your actual name uh is is that some form of artistic expression is it something that you made up for yourself or what what happened there um no it's actually my maiden name so um i published my first book before we got married like yeah a few months before we got married and i decided to just stick with that name uh because i had already sold a bunch and had some good reviews and stuff so having to change your author name uh when you've published one book or two books it's kind of starting all over again because you have to rebuild a fan bases and stuff like that so i decided i was just gonna keep it and also because it was my thing it wasn't something to do with my husband it was completely my thing um so that's why i kept it i think we've talked about many things i would like to have one final question and that's because uh, you've gone through a lot in your life so i would like to ask what is your life hack how do you get through the life with the ease well i don't know if i know what ease means <laughs> to be honest i've i've always had to go through a lot of things um and and i actually even my i see a psychology uh, psychologist right now and one of the first things she said to me was that she didn't understand that I would that I had gotten as far as I had with everything I went through, uh, even just education-wise. I think I've just always had the fighter uh, spirit. Like I don't give up. There's always been this uh, thing that if if I get up, I will kick myself in the butt. <laughs> so it's easier just to keep going. But also just I'm. Um, I use a lot of like mindfulness to keep me on track and keep me going. Um, and I think just the fact that I've always lived for my art um, kind of keeps me going as well because it's something I, I really want to do, but it's also 
it also means that for me taking a standard job would probably not work um i need to be creative to function correctly so i don't know if that answers your question definitely does thank you <laughs> and thank you for joining our podcast for sharing everything you have shared it was a really pleasure talking to you you too i hope it yeah it's good enough <laughs> definitely thank you so much that's it for today thank you for listening If you liked the episode, come check us out on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about the podcast. And be sure to listen to other episodes as well. Lina is not the only one passionate about cooking. Listen to Doha, who Instagrams her own one-minute recipes. Have a great weekend. See you next Wednesday.